0: what's up you guys it's otn we're back again and today we are going to be talking about the tale of annabelle the famous possessed doll or so you think okay so to start this off we'll give you a little background story about how annabelle was where she was and how everything happened so let's get to it all right so in 1970 a mother purchased an antique raggedy ann doll from a hobby store The doll was a birthday present for her daughter Donna, who was preparing to graduate from high school with a nursing degree. She lived in a tiny apartment with her roommate Angie, so when Donna got the doll from her mother, she placed it on her bed as decoration. But within a couple of days, both Donna and Angie noticed that there appeared to be something wrong, strange, and creepy about the doll. The doll mysteriously seemed to move around the house without anybody touching it. It started off with small movements, such as changing positions, but as time went on, the movement became more noticeable. They would come home to find the doll in a completely different room of the house. Sometimes the doll would be found with legs crossed, arms folded. Other times, it would be sitting upright or standing on its feet. Several times, Donna would leave Annabelle on the couch before work and would return to find the doll back in her room on her bed with the door shut. Annabelle not only moved, but could write as well. About a month into their experience, Donna and Angie began to find messages on parchment paper that read, Help us or help Lou, and the handwriting was written in a small child's handwriting, or so it seemed. The most creepiest part about the messages wasn't the wording, but the way it was written. At the time, Donna had never kept parchment paper in the house, so where did the parchment paper come from? One night, Donna came home to find the doll had moved again, but this time it was on her bed. Donna came to find out that this was typical of the doll, but somehow she knew this time it was different and something wasn't right. A sense of fear had came over her when she inspected the doll and saw what looked like blood drops on the back of its hands and its chest. Seemingly from nowhere, a red liquidy substance had appeared on the doll. Scared and desperate, Donna and Angie decided it was time to look for an expert and get advice. Not knowing where to turn, they contacted a medium and a seance was held. Donna was introduced to the spirit of Annabelle Higgins. The medium relayed the story of Annabelle to both Donna and Angie, and Annabelle was supposedly a young girl that resided on the property before the apartments were built, and that they were happy times back then. She was a little girl, only seven years old, when her lifeless body was found in the field upon which the apartment complex now stands. The spirit relayed to the median that she had felt comfort with Donna and Angie and wanted to stay with them and be loved. Feeling compassion for Annabelle and her story, Donna gave her permission to inhabit the doll and stay with them. They soon found out that Annabelle wasn't what she appeared to be, and this was not an ordinary case, nor an ordinary doll. Lou was friends with Donna and Angie, and had been with them since the day that the doll arrived. Lou had never been fond of the doll, and on several occasions warned Donna that it is evil and she had to get rid of it. But Donna had a compassionate tie to the doll, and not giving much consideration to Lou's feelings ended up keeping it. And Donna's decision, it turns out, was a terrible mistake. Lou woke up one night from a deep sleep and in panic, and once again, he had a reoccurring bad dream only this time somehow something seemed different and off and it was as though he was awake but he couldn't move at all he looked around the room but couldn't really see anything out of the ordinary and then it happened looking down toward his feet he saw the doll it began to slowly guide up his leg moved over his chest and then stopped and within seconds the doll was strangling him paralyzed and gasping for breath lou at the point of asphyxiation blacked out lou woke up the next morning certain that it wasn't a dream and lou was determined to rid himself of that doll and the spirit that possessed it preparing for a road trip the next day lou and angie were reading over maps alone in her apartment but the apartment seemed eerily quiet and then suddenly rustling sounds came from donna's room arousing fear that somebody had probably broken into the apartment lou determined to figure out who or what it was so he quietly made his way to the bedroom door And he waited for the noises to stop he opened the door turned on the light and the room was empty except for annabelle who was tossed on the floor in the corner lou scoured the room to look for any sign of forced entry but nothing was out of place as he got close to the doll he got a weird feeling that somebody was behind him spinning around he was quick to realize that there was no one there but then in a flash he found himself grabbing for his chest Doubled over, cut and bleeding. His shirt stained with blood, and when he opened his shirt, there was on his chest what looked like seven distinct claw marks three vertically and four horizontally, and they were all burning hot as if he had been burned. Weirdly enough, the scratches healed almost immediately, half gone the next day, and they were fully gone by day two. And Donna was finally willing to believe that the spirit in the house was not that of a young girl, but inhuman and demonic in nature. After Lou's experiences, Donna felt it was time to seek real expert advice and contacted an episcopal priest named Father Hegan. Father Hegan felt that it was a spiritual matter and felt that he needed to contact a higher authority in the church. So then he contacted Father Cook, who immediately contacted the Warrens. Ed and Lorraine Warren immediately took interest in the case and contacted Donna concerning the doll. The Warrens, after speaking with Donna, Angie, and Lou, came to the conclusion that the doll itself was not possessed, but manipulated by an inhuman presence. They explained to them that spirits do not possess inanimate objects, like houses or toys, they possess people. An inhuman spirit can attach itself to a place or object, and this is what occurred in the Annabelle case. This spirit manipulated the doll to create the illusion of it being alive in order to get recognition. So in all reality, the spirit was not looking to stay attached to the doll, it was looking to possess a human host. The spirit, or in this case, inhuman, demonic spirit, was essentially in the infestation stage of the phenomenon. It first began moving the doll around the apartment by means of teleportation to arouse the occupant's curiosity in hopes that they would give it recognition. Then, predictably, the mistake of bringing the medium into the apartment to communicate with it. The inhuman spirit, now able to communicate through the medium, preyed on the girl's emotional vulnerabilities by pretending to be rather harmless, just a lost girl, with, which during the seance was allowed permission from Donna to now haunt the apartment. Okay, so now we are going to connect with one of our new team members named Kyle. Weirdly enough, he has the same name as our cameraman. So, Hey Kyle, how are you today?
1: Good, how about you?
0: I'm great. Um. So, what did you think about that?
1: Well, regardless, uh, any inanimate object moving is pretty serious, and uh,
0: yeah, I think it's just creepy.
1: Oh, I mean, absolutely. And when you start talking about dolls and Barbies or any iconic, you know, figures, you think just a playful toy,
0: like a kid's toy, yeah. But then you tell me that it's been moving around different parts of the room and throwing itself places. And, uh, yeah, that's where I back up.
1: (laughs) I mean, this woman has literally sat here and explained that she would place this doll, Annabelle, on her couch and come home and find Annabelle in her room, in her personal, personal space. I mean, your house is your personal space let alone.
0: Exact and with the door shut, like it, come on now. That's just I, weird.
1: That that raised questions because I've personally been in a situation where I've thought I've done something and I misplaced something. I was like, oh, why is that there? But this lady's name's Donna, right? Yeah. Donna apparently has made sure she has went out of her way.
0: To put it on the couch when she Kids. originally put it on her bed. And the doll must have felt, like, insulted or something.
1: There, there's like, something going on know.
0: there. Yeah, and it's like, you know what? You want to put me on the couch? Bet. I'm going to show you where I belong. Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm running it here.
0: <laughs> Literally, though. And then, like, I don't know. It's just weird that she doesn't even listen to her friend Lou either. Like... Do you think he just says it because the doll's creepy looking? No, he's saying it because there's a reason. Like,
1: well, if you want to look at this in, in a very um fictional way, a lot of horror that stories is. are all about a friend or a family member or people you know and trust telling you, "Hey, something going on. Something really weird's going on here."
0: And you're just like, no, no, it's fine. It's just the random things that, you know, the dolls do. Like, <laughs> you have seen Toy Story? <laughs> like... Okay, so sadly, that is all the time we have for you guys today. Thank you, Kyle, for joining us. And if you guys are interested in seeing Kyle in his first investigation, there will be a video this Monday with him in it. So if you guys want to go to our YouTube, it's www.youtube.com forward slash OTN Paranormal. You guys keep doing your thing. We're going to keep doing ours. And we'll see you next time. OTN out.